Welcome back to Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Chris Hurst, Orion's Northeast Recruiting Manager, is joining the show today to discuss everything you've ever wanted to know about the interview process. We'll discuss the interview timeline, different types of interviews, and interview curveballs. We would love to hear from you, whether it's questions about this show or suggestions for a future podcast. Please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for joining today. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast because obviously you have a very extensive background in recruiting. Before we start talking about some of our topics today, can you just give me a brief overview of your background in the military and what you do here at Orion? Sure. I was a Navy Surface Warfare Officer. I got out, I don't know if I give the number of years, but I should say a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but I served for four years and I was on one ship the whole time and had a variety of uh, billets on, on the ship and then uh, separated uh, after four years and went into corporate America and to uh, manufacturing and then I did some things in uh, finance and accounting and, um, and then came to Orion about uh, almost 15 years ago. And uh, what I do at Orion, um, I'm the regional recruiting manager and basically uh, oversee the, the candidate side, you know, working with candidates, helping them uh, basically with resume and interview preparation and ultimately matching them up with, uh, with particular companies and opportunities based on what they're looking for and what they're qualified for. And I work a lot in the East Coast, so we can actually, uh, any of the recruiters at Orion can actually help place someone anywhere in the country, um, but I work with candidates uh, either looking to move here on the East Coast or um, uh, originating here and, and uh, want to go somewhere else. Very good. Well, the interview process can be kind of a daunting um, task for a lot of candidates, especially if it's kind of their first job outside of the military, they're transitioning out, and they really don't know what to expect. So I know we get a lot of questions about that. So just to maybe ease some of the anxieties and try to help out a little bit, I wanted to dive a little bit further into the interview process and just let candidates know what they could expect throughout the process. So the first thing I would like to maybe talk about a little bit is how many interviews should a job seeker typically expect to have before they receive an offer? Well, you know, to uh, kind of set the um, uh, overall picture here, Number one, it, it varies, but that's one reason I'm, I'm really glad to talk about this. I'm glad we're discussing this topic uh, because uh, there's uh, a lot of people that I work with are coming out of the military, and uh, of course, and some people have had post-military jobs, um, but and a lot of people don't have a concept of what is it like, what happens next, and the interview processes can be a lot different from one to another. So you might hear your friend uh, talk about, hey, I got a job that was great. You know, Orion I got me first interview, I went on a final interview, and boom, I got the job. And you could set that as an expectation. Um, but on the other hand, you may be with a company that things really drag out, and it's uh, five or six interviews, and you might think that, you know, oh, man, do they not like me, or, or this is a messed up company, and we'll talk more about that, I'm sure. Um, but the bottom line is uh, things can vary a lot. So uh, if I were to put numbers on it, at the most basic and, and quickest interview process, well, Technically, uh, sometimes in our uh, technician roles, you can get an offer at one of our conferences, and that does happen from time to time. Not something to plan on, but it can happen that you go to a conference, you get an offer on the spot after your interview that day, and so basically that's a, a one interview uh, process. 
not typical. Uh, typically on the technician side, it's going to be an average of two for managerial jobs. Um, it could easily be two or three. Uh, a lot of times you'll see sales jobs because of ride-alongs and different processes take even longer and, and more steps, uh, four or five. But sometimes the managerial, uh, even the managerial uh, opportunities and the interview processes, they can also extend out. So the way I'm answering this question, not to avoid it, is that it really varies a lot between the company, what's going on within the company, and maybe the type of job sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's important to keep in mind, and I think that would help a little bit with the stressors of why haven't I heard anything or why do I have to go back for another interview is just to keep in mind that, you know, it doesn't really have anything to do with whether they liked you or not. If they want to keep bringing you back, it's typically how that organization is structured. And then, like you mentioned, depending on the role, if you're going to have more if you're going to have more responsibilities and maybe have more influence within the organization, then they probably just need you to meet with more people. Mm-hmm. So there are several yeah. interview stages. Okay, there are several interview stages that we, you know, you talked about a little bit just maybe how long it would take and how many interviews you would have to be. So typically there would be, um, depending on what, you know, method you're going through to get hired, whether you go to an Orion conference or if if it's just, you know, a one-off company that you've identified that you would like to work for and Orion's helping you work through that, there's going to be several stages that are part of that process. So can you talk a little bit about those stages? Sure. So first off, it's usually some kind of resume screen. Now, when you're working with Orion, of course, a lot of times the companies will defer to us for that part. So we know the fit of the job, what they're looking for, what the company's looking for. We know the candidate's background. And so we make the match. So we kind of do the resume screen. So, and sometimes you just jump right into the first interview after that. Um, but sometimes uh, when we do maybe a direct placement or something, we send in your resume, and there is a, a resume screen by HR or potentially by a hiring manager as well. So just call it resume screen, whether that's through Orion or through the company, and basically saying, yep, you're a fit for this on paper, and let's move to a first interview. And the first interview, of course, can take place um, at a conference that we have. It can t- take place uh, on a hire view or a phone interview, so different ways it can happen, but there, then there's the first interview. The first interview can be with HR, or it could be with a hiring manager, either one. But as you look at the first interview, you think that's where they just want to basically find out, the, are you a, a fit based on the basic parameters that we have for the job and what you're looking for? So the three basic elements of fit are job location, job type, and salary. So you can usually expect that you'll be screened based on those three things. Um, again, it can vary a little bit. They might not ask about salary in the first interview, for example. But they just want to ensure that it makes sense to continue. That's the purpose of the first interview. Does it make sense to move forward? It's important for candidates to understand that that's the purpose of the first interview uh, because your goal as a candidate should be to get to the follow-up interview. Your goal should not be to figure out in the first interview if this is the perfect job for you. And how that's going to affect things is in how you answer questions and what questions you ask. So, for instance, in the first interview, you would not want to ask questions about uh, particulars, the the kind of the what's in it for me questions, like, well, tell me about the schedule, or I want to know about the training. Am I going to get trained well enough? Um, You know, I've got guard duty. Are you guys going to be able to accommodate that? Or I've got a master's degree, MBA program, I need to take every other Friday off, 
if you ask those questions in the first interview, a good chance you won't be moving forward because that first interview, the sole purpose, like I said, to reemphasize is to see whether it makes sense to go to the next interview. So it has to be all about them, in other words, the uh, about the company and what they're looking for. So you're, whether it's a 30-minute phone interview or it's a face-to-face uh, -face interview at a conference for 45 minutes, your goal in that interview is to answer their questions and show them that you're a good fit and it makes sense for them to bring you to the second interview. And then once you get to the second interview, of course, that could be an on-site interview. Um, it could also be a follow-up phone interview with someone you didn't meet with at first. Um, and uh, not typically going to be HR at that point. It's going to be probably their hiring manager or someone like that. It could potentially be a, a ride-along, like in sales, or maybe a, a field tech uh, job or something like that, field service tech, uh, to where you're going to do a uh, meet with a peer or somebody like that. And I can maybe talk later about things to kind of watch out for there. Um, but bottom line is uh, your second interview, if it's not your final interview, it's going to be another step there with meeting somebody else uh, within the organization to get a little bit deeper this time, um, either deeper in the sense that they're showing you the job and you're learning more about the job and they're getting a better feel for you, or it could be going on site and again and asking a lot more questions and meeting more people and things like that. Of course, if it's a final interview, you'll certainly meet with a hiring manager there and then they'll make a decision. But if it's a, a one of or the second of a few, you'll meet with other people and then they'll let you know after that you know, what the next step is and could it be a final. Also, I'll throw in there that sometimes along the way they might throw in a test, or that, um, some kind of um, uh, diagnostic test or uh, it could be something any, from anything from math to personality to sales ability, uh, different types of tests like things called a caliper or a Gallup interview, uh, you know, Stryker, one of our companies uses that, uh, but there could be different tests thrown in there and that's kind of Kind of like an interview, even though you may not be talking to a manager, uh, that's a, that's a next step there. Um, and then you get to, uh, again, if that's not the final, then you'll get to probably a final interview, unless you're going like you know four or five interviews or something. But it doesn't ordinarily go much past three, unlike like I said, unless it's a sales interview or, or certain companies do go longer. But then if, if there are multiple interviews, it's just meeting with more people. Um, sometimes uh, it, the process will extend a little bit if they want you to uh, be looked at for different positions. Uh, that's always a possibility. Uh, maybe they want to fly you up to their corporate office, whereas before you went to a local office. But then the final interview will be you'll meet with probably the higher up, maybe a VP needs to get their, their blessing, or a district manager or a regional manager in sales or something like that, and then that would be your final interview. Okay, very good. Very thorough explanation. Now, you did mention that, you know, you want to try to avoid those what's in it for me type questions. Would you say that there's an appropriate stage within the interview that you could ask those types of questions or how would you um, instruct a candidate to kind of going about getting the answers that they need without, you know, making it seem like maybe they're more interested in what they can get out of the job versus what they can also do for the company. Yeah, that's a, a great question and a very important point because when you ask those questions, I've already kind of set the uh, preliminary uh, reasoning for that, um, but you do want to know eventually, of course, is this the right job for me? And you're going to need mm -hmm. to know 
how the schedule is going to be and, and of course what the salary is going to be and, and things like that. So I like to look at is you ask those questions when you have more equity in the process. If you look at it that way, it's kind of like almost a financial analogy, but still, when you have more equity in the process, which simply means they're kind of invested in you in this point, that they've said, wow, you're, you're a good candidate, you're a good fit, we really like you, we've probably spent money on you, flying you in or bringing you in, and we've had a lot of people meet with you. You've got equity in the process at that point, and either an offer is probably right around the corner or maybe you have it. But that's the time where you start, it starts shifting a little bit in terms of, and it's not like a power thing, I, I don't want to make it sound like that, but it's more its more appropriate time to start working out uh, the individual details and making sure you get those things worked out. Now one huge benefit of working with Orion is we kind of take the awkward out of the process by intervening for you and you'll talk with the recruiter or the the account manager who works that account and they'll be able to, we'll be able to guide you on how to ask that or maybe we'll say, hey, you know what, we'll ask the manager uh, these questions for you or whatever. So we can uh, definitely help you in that uh, in that instance uh, to to make sure that those things get answered and it doesn't create any, any issues uh, along the way. Yes, makes perfect sense and I think that's a very good point that you made. Um, lastly, about just working with the recruiters and account managers to make sure that you get those questions answered. I think, you know, that's really the importance of working with a firm like Orion is that you have someone that's kind of there to be an advocate for you and ask questions. And like you said, it's really not a power thing. It's just trying to make both parties with the job seeker and the employers on the same page. How would you... Um, how would you instruct candidates to prepare for each stage of the interview? So I know you said it can vary a lot depending on, you know, how many follow-up interviews you have. But if you look at it from, you know, the phone interview to the follow-up stages, do you have any specific tips that you would recommend for any of those stages that would be helpful for a job seeker to know? Absolutely. So. Before you even have your first interview, of course, you want to understand uh, the company, what they do, the position. You want to be ready for that first interview specifically. I won't go into too much detail, but we can prepare you in interview preparation. But you want to have examples and different things that are lined up and tailored to the type of job that you're interviewing for. So it's not a one-size-fits-all type interview. That's even for the first interview. If you do on the first interview, hey, that's great and you're moving to the second, whether it's a final or whatever, but don't uh, don't rest on that. Um, you need to continue to deepen your knowledge of the company and of the opportunity and of the industry. So research. Research the company, the industry, the things I just said. Uh, understand more about it. Um, develop if, if there are certain uh, terms or there's terminology or certifications that you, even if you don't have them, but you will be getting, um, or computer programs or something like that. Uh, for example, if you're going into a supply chain role and you've got logistics experience, but you know they're looking for SAP experience or something like that, then even if you don't have that, you want to at least understand what that is. Or if it's some kind of technician role and you're going to be working on something that your type of equipment you're not too familiar with, you want to study up on that. And you're, it's not like you're going to go in there and say, hey, I'm an expert on that. It's not about that but it, you're going to be able to better tailor your approach 
to showing them how you're fit for that by understanding uh, that equipment at least enough about it to be able to talk specifically about how you're going to be a good fit for working on that or or doing that kind of supply chain or that SAP or whatever. So bottom line is you just want to do uh, more research. Sometimes people will do other things like uh, as they go into you know second, third interviews and even look up maybe on LinkedIn their interviewer, understand their background and I say that's fine. You don't, I wouldn't make that a primary thing but it's not a bad thing just to, especially if you're going into a managerial interview um, but you don't need to necessarily understand you know everything about them or you know say hey I know that you know 10 years ago you were at this company and you want to be like a stalker type thing um, but just understanding maybe their perspective and what they might be interested in um, based on you know their profile or something like that so that's kind of a nice to have but non-essential I say the essentials are uh, more research and then beginning to prepare for the next step um, and not just research but understanding what is going to happen so if you are going to do a ride-along uh, understand more about hey what happens on the sales ride along and make sure you get interview preparation again maybe beyond the scope of, of this uh, particular uh, discussion um, but find out hey what happens on a ride along and how should I prepare or if I'm uh, going on a uh, again using the field service tech type example you know what happens there uh, certain things that maybe we'll cover as far as you know curveballs that you want to watch out for but you want to get ready for that by asking your recruiter and we'll certainly walk you through that. Best way you can help yourself is make sure you're talking to your recruiter at Orion and let them know that you have another interview coming up so that we can prepare you for that. Um, most of the time can't let us, but sometimes they don't because the companies may engage directly with you and that's totally fine, but make sure you let us know so that we can give you guidance and intel on, on each stage uh, coming up. Very good. Now, in terms of the questions for each of the interview process, I know that a lot of times if you're interviewing with multiple people, then of course they're going to still ask some of the same questions. So would you just basically advise a job seeker to just make sure that they have some of the basics down, like a solid answer for, you know, the standard tell me about yourself and that kind of interview just because it's something they're likely going to be asked more than once? Yes, and, and you can, uh, there's one company I, I think of that when you go on site, you interview all day from roughly 9 to 5, maybe it's 9 to 4, and a lunch interview included, and you're going to interview with, go to one office and then go to the next office, you're going to interview with, you know, 8, 9 people, something like that. It's a long day. It's very comprehensive. It's uh, It can be exhausting. So my number one prep for people doing that is is get a lot of sleep. Um, but Back to your question, um, yeah, you could get the same type of questions you had like at a conference interview. But tell me about yourself, give me an example of this, uh, things like that. So it might be, you might feel like you're back at a conference just seeing more people. Um, it might be you know, very similar. Again, sometimes it can get more in-depth though as well. Um, certainly it, it helps to, again, have that preparation. But be ready for the same, same type of questions. But one very important thing that you want to do even if you meet with multiple people, is at every stage of the interview process, you want to ask questions. And the reason for this, and some people say, well, you know, I've, and I've already asked all my questions. I don't have any questions. But what you have to understand is sometimes uh, you'll go in and you'll see those, you know, seven or eight people, and then they do a huddle at the end of the day or the next day, and they do kind of a thumbs up or thumbs down vote from each person who interviewed you. And it's not like they're going to spend a lot of time comparing notes, um, but they could say, okay, what do you think? 
you might have two people that you saw at the end of the day that say no, and really they think they said no because they didn't think you were that interested because you didn't ask any questions. And if you were there to defend yourself, you might say, well, I didn't ask any questions because I ran out. But they don't know that. They don't necessarily say, hey, Joe, who you interviewed, he interviewed with first, did he ask you questions? They don't say that. So each person mm -hmm. has to give their own opinion. So ask questions, even if you have to repeat some questions you ask. Right? The different interviewers will have a different opinion or perspective or whatever, so it will still be beneficial to you. Um, but that's very important. You know, you have to treat each person as it's, you know, they're going to give a yes or no, and you have to, in a sense, sell them individually. Yeah, that's very good advice. Now, you referenced this a little bit earlier um, on some of the curveballs. So I wanted to talk a little bit on some of the curveballs that we would typically see with interviews and just a few things that came to mind for me, which I think was one of the ones you mentioned, like a lunch interview, um, a dinner interview, a group or panel interview, just something that might throw a job seeker off, especially if it's their first interview. So can you talk a little bit about those? Sure. So curveballs, maybe things you're not expecting, could start with logistics. If you're going on site and you have uh, your flights delayed, canceled, whatever, bottom line is there, call someone and let them know as soon as that happens. Call the Orion uh, recruiter, call the account rep, call the company, whatever. I mean, that's probably common sense, but make sure you let someone know if anything like that happens. Um, as far as other curveballs, you might, hopefully we give you intel or we know, but sometimes you never know. You might get into a panel interview that you didn't know is going to be a panel. And a key on a panel is it's not that much different. You just want to make sure that you kind of have good eye contact with each person. Even if there's three people on the panel and only one's asking the questions, when you answer the question, make sure you address to, to each person. Um, again, there could be a test or who knows, most of the time if there's a presentation, they're going to give you a heads up on that. But you never know. They may give you some kind of practical and say, hey, we'd like you, especially for a managerial or a sales interview or something, and we want you, here's a, a, a case, a problem, and uh, you've got uh, 10 minutes, and then we want you to come present a solution to us. You might have something like that. So no way to prepare for that. The best thing to do is just, just relax and do the best that you can, and uh, that, that's all you can do. But, you know, don't be thrown off by it unnecessarily um, and just kind of roll with the punches type thing. Um, if it's, uh, so, uh, I don't know if it'd be a, a curveball, again, maybe it's on a, uh, we'll call it a curveball. So you go on a ride along for, uh, again, going back to the field service tech interview. It doesn't seem like a curveball, it's just that they have you doing the ride along with a peer, someone who would be a peer, uh, be in the same type position if you uh, took the job. And then you guys have a, a good rapport going. And it's almost like you're back in the Navy and talking with a guy on the ship or whatever. And you light your guard down. And you know what? The guy lights a cigarette. And you're like, hey, you know what? Can I have one of those? Or he uses a couple of curse words and you do the same. Because you're like, hey, you feel at home. And it's back on the ship. Well, you don't know it, but when he gives his, he or she gives their feedback back at the company, they're saying, hey, you know what? I don't know. Here, here's how they react in that situation. I wouldn't say it's like a test necessarily. It could be. Um, most of the time, it's not so much unless it's not entrapment, so to speak. Bottom line is you just have to not let your guard down uh, at any stage of the interview. But it's especially uh, important, or this comes into play, when you are doing some kind of peer ride-along or something like that, and candidates can tend to let their guard down, and then it comes across as professional. 
are, are unprofessional. So even if the person going says a curse word or whatever, or they start talking about personal stuff or whatever, complaining about something, you don't. You keep your guard up and you're very professional. doesn't mean you're stiff, but you stay very professional and treat it like you're interviewing with the VP of the company. And I just keep that in mind. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Now, going back to kind of the overall interview process. So we've talked a lot about how it can really vary depending on the company. Um, but I know it can take, sometimes candidates feel like it takes a long time, and, you know, with depending on the size of the company, how many interviews there are. Maybe you don't even have a lot of interviews lined up, but maybe the process has slowed a little bit. So um, just to talk a little bit about the interview process, I want to ask you what advice you have for a job seeker, like what should they do when the process slows and they have not heard anything from the company? Okay, well number one is don't get frustrated, although it can be frustrating, but at, at least don't uh, don't take it personally. Um, we have had processes that take a long time. So what's an average? An average might be two to three weeks for the whole process, but it can take, who knows, it might take up to eight weeks or more. I mean, we've had crazier things happen. And sometimes, understandably, candidates get drained along the way and they start assuming, well, if it, and they'll say things like, oh, if this, this company is not interested in me, I just, you know, I'm getting the feeling they're not interested and, and I just need to move on. And they start kind of souring in the, along the way and if they, because it's taken so long. And again, it's understandable, but the thing is, and we don't always know what's going on behind the scenes, but there's so many, every once in a while we kind of get an inside look and we understand what's happening. It could be uh, the decision makers, uh, someone changed or someone went on vacation, or you're being looked at by another manager for another position, or the rec, the requisition, in other words, for the job got put on hold, and but there, you have someone who's a champion there who's trying to free that up. It could be they're trying to get you more money. Um, that you want a certain amount that's beyond the HR range, so they're actually lobbying to get that uh, raised for you. Could be they have another person in process and they want to compare, you know, everyone. There are so many different reasons it could happen. But what you want to do is, uh, what you want to be careful not to do is to let that frustration come out when you do get contacted. Now, there may be a time where you have to move on, and that's one advice, piece of advice, I guess, is, you know, keep looking. If it's drawing out, uh, it is possible that nothing's going to happen. So you might just need to flat out keep looking. But understand that they could come back. And you, what you don't want to do is is uh, is be frustrated. So um, that's one one piece of advice. Don't take a person. Number two is just keep looking. Um, other things you can do is good follow-up. Uh, surprisingly, maybe surprisingly, sometimes things can turn because of a really good follow-up note or call or something like that from the candidate themselves. And uh, general guidance would be, if you haven't heard anything, certainly stay in touch with your Orion recruiter, but maybe once a week you can shoot an email to your point of contact at the company. Try to add value uh, somehow. And you know, when you uh, send an email, in other words, you're not saying, hey, just want to check on things. But say, hey, one other thing I wanted to add is, uh, I've got some experience in this that I thought might be helpful or or hey, I'm just you just want to keep you want to keep it warm. Is keep them warm and keep the process warm as we say. So I wouldn't do more than once a week, um, but you can uh, certainly you know stay in touch and and have good follow up. And uh other things 
yeah, I mean, again, you can uh, continue just to uh, to do your research as well and, and, and make a good use of the time. Yeah, and you mentioned keeping in touch with your Orion recruiter, who, of course, is in contact, constant contact with the account manager. So just kind of going back to another benefit of not ha having to go through the interview process alone is that you kind of have other people that can check in on the process, relay it back to you just so that, you know, if you're trying to limit yourself to maybe only touching base with them one time a week, you can maybe get some um, additional comments or feedback from your recruiter or account manager so that you feel a little bit more in the loop on it. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. Well, Chris, any other advice that you want to give to someone who is either in the interview process or about to begin the interview process? Well, a couple other things that might have fit in another heading, but just to make sure we capture them. When you do have multiple interviews, at every stage of the interview, I mentioned ask questions already, but another thing is keep your energy up. And you want to, they want to know that you're excited about the role and whether it's uh, a follow-up interview with that, those six, seven interviews I talked about, um, you want to keep your energy up for each one. Or whether it's, you know, your fourth or fifth interview and you're still really interested, you want to keep your positivity and your energy up because that you never know when you're at the point of decision and you just want to stay you know, really on your game uh, the whole time. And another thing is use follow-up interviews to kind of shore up weak areas that have been identified in an earlier interview. For example, in the first interview, um, you got past it, but the recruiter tells you, well, they like you, they're just a little bit concerned about this or that man, that's a golden opportunity to be able to make sure that in the next interview you come ready to really kind of ease any fears they have by examples or, uh, you know, by specifics as far as why you think you might be a fit, you know, even given their concern, uh, you know, that they have. So anyway, ad address any objections. And so you want to be tactical and, and strategic in a way. So you just want to um, keep that in mind as, as you go kind of use every next interview to your advantage uh, with the intel that you have. One more thing, and this is kind of simple, but as far as attire, um, unless you're told otherwise, always assume business attire for follow-up interviews. Uh, now, if you go to a plant or something like that, they may want you to you know, dress in business casual or something like that, but make sure you know you don't want, you don't want to show up uh, with, uh, with the wrong attire, so ask about that. Never be late to an interview. Um, that'll pretty much put you out there. And then just, just communicate well. Communicate well with your Orion recruiter. Communicate well, you know, if the company is calling you for sure. Sometimes if candidates have other things going on, then they think, ah, you know, I'm going to try to take this all on myself. Um, you want to, the more you communicate, the more we can help you, uh, and the better you're going to do in the process. Exactly. I think that that's probably the key takeaway for anyone listening to the podcast because we have, you know, talked a lot about how things can vary, but a lot of those best practices that you just gave and tips and advice are things that apply across the board. So, um, you know, of course, keep those things in mind. And then if there are any specific or case-by-case -case situations, then the recruiter is always going to be there to help out. Very good, Chris. Thank you very much for the time today and, you know, lots of great information here. So I definitely think you'll be returning to the podcast. I'll try to think of some other topics to discuss with you.
That's great. Megan, I appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you.